Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. Hi. Oh, good. It's you. Yes, it's me, not Jared. <laughs> I'm Emily. Yeah, he uh, he got a paying gig. Yeah. That <laughs> interfered with him recording, so. Yep. Instead of doing this for free. Understandably, I'm here. I'm changing my HBO password, though. No, you aren't. He's losing it. No, he's not. Then how could he watch The Last of Us? Well, good thing you were in the room when I was doing that. Yes, and I mostly paid attention. <laughs> But we got all kinds. It's the regular stuff this week. A ton of reviews. So many reviews. The news. Weird comics facts. For a second, I thought we were going to review the news. And I was like, I haven't watched the news in years. You okay over there? Yeah. Okay. Sports and your questions. Those are the other things that happen here. Great. It's going to be a short one. The All-Star game. It was boring. And other sports <laughs> happen too. Actually, never mind. I'll save this for sports. Okay, cool. Whatever. Since there is a good amount of stuff to get through this week, especially with number one Star Trek fan here. Is that me or you? You. Me. You've seen it all. I've seen like 20 episodes of something. You've seen more than that. I've seen a very small amount of something, but I've been in the room for a lot of it. (laughs) You've seen like at least three seasons of Next Gen. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. That's like 60. And a chunk of the movies. I've seen a few of the movies. Great. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Inconsequential. Let's dive into the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Well, maybe the third time's the charm. Hellboy's back. I remember logging those comics when you first opened the store back in the day. A lot of Hellboy books. This, uh, the But first, I know nothing else about it. The first two came out uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro, left to the cliffhanger. Then there was a reboot a couple years back with David Harbour, which is uh, terrible. Really? <laughs> we saw it. It was bad. I didn't see it. No, you didn't see it. Thank God we didn't spend more money on that than we needed to. One ticket was too much, let alone two. Yes, yeah. Also, I had zero interest. But it's back, and once again, it's going to be rated R, which is what we were told last time, and it was still bad. That guy got his face pulled off, but... Who's in this one? No one yet. When's it coming out? A couple years, but it will be written by comic creator Mike Mignola. They're calling it a folk horror kind of deal, going back to the 1950s, so maybe with like a teenage-ish Hellboy, because he uh, was pulled out in World War II. You do love 1950s monster horror movies, so... Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. That sounds like a ringing endorsement. Yeah. The, the Del Toro ones, the first one I don't really like. it. I liked Pinocchio. That was good. I like that quite a bit. Is he going to do this one a stop motion? He should. Well, he's not doing this one because he did two movies and never finished his oh, trilogy. that's right. I didn't really pay attention to what you were talking Thanks. about. You're welcome. Oh, this feels familiar, at least. <laughs> Sylvester Sloan put out a post on Instagram and then deleted it like 12 hours later, but the internet doesn't forget, so... That's out there. Uh, he put out uh, excerpts, handwritten excerpts, of what his original plan for Rocky Seven was going to be. A.K.A. Creed 1? No, this is before all that. Oh. I like Creed, so I think it's fine. <laughs> this is kind of before him. Um, yeah. He he lost control of everything. He, he, he uh, is happy to blame uh, the producers on that movie. But Rocky Six was good. Rocky Six was good. And then Rocky Seven, so, like some of the plans, it looked like he was still going to be running Adrian's. And there was definitely some kind of like flashback or like fantasy where he got to talk to Talia Shire. And he finds a young boxer, an up and comer that he's going to train. And like he's fighting for the streets that like he wants to protect and blah, blah, blah. And that was basically what the excerpt said. Creed sounds so much better. Creed is just Rocky One. 
and more believable. What? Yeah. Why are you looking at me? I mean, I understand that Rocky becomes fantastical very quickly, but... I wonder why he deleted the post, though. Like, it was up, and then it was gone. Oh, probably somebody's PR team was like, bad PR, take that down. Sylvester Stallone definitely doesn't have anyone that runs his Instagram because it's a weird place to go. Oh, no, no, I don't mean that. I just mean, like, he must have an actual PR person on some level that was like, no, or his wife. Or maybe the producers of Creed were like, "Mm, you legally can't do this. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's out there on the internet. His plans for Rocky Seven. Oh well. Remember I Am Legend? No. Oh good. I never watched it. But you remember it existed. Is that different from iRobot? Yes. Why? One of them had robots. One of them had weird zombie vampires. Do they both have Will Smith? Yes. So they are the same movie? No. One of yes. them had Alan Tudyk as a robot. And it came out in 2004. And they still tried to cram in product placement. Or like Will Smith like puts on these Nikes. Like, oh man, are those vintage 2004 Nikes? Are they? Yes, at the time. Okay, cool. Well, It was just really awkward. At least they were on point. Weird way to get like product placement in. Yes. But I Am Legend is having a sequel. Uh, spoilers for the movie. Will Smith dies. He blows up. How about Robot? I don't remember. Probably not. Okay. Which one had a dog? I Am Legend. The dog lived? I don't remember. Okay. But so Will Smith's dead at the end of this. He blows himself up. There was an alternate ending, which everyone liked a lot more. It was more of like, it turns out he was the monster the whole time and he lives. Of course lives. he was. I didn't see this. I don't even know what it's about. I just remember the, was it, was there an image of like him with the dog standing in a barren wasteland? Yeah. And the image for iRobot was also him in a barren wasteland. With Alan Tudyk as a robot. So with a robot instead of a dog. You understand why this is the same movie to me, right? They're very different. Are they both set in a utopian, dystopian future? No, one of them has robots, clean robots. So yes, they are the same. Whatever. Will Smith died and now he's back in the sequel where he's not dead because they're taking the alternate ending from a DVD and saying, yeah, that's the one that happened. So a movie that came out in 2007 will come out 15 years later and you're going to have to rely on people either not really remembering it or remembering their DVD bonus features. Sounds like a comic thing to do. Yeah, he's just alive. They're like, oh yeah, the alternate ending. That was the real one now. Okay. Well, good for them. That doesn't happen often. No, I guess not. But that's fine. Blade Runner 2049 kind of does that, depending on how you think Blade Runner ends. I did see that one. That's also dystopian future. Sometimes. Also with robots. They're all the same. Anyway, back to your thing. No, no. We're we're moving on. <laughs> you know, I added so many stories for you. Did you? Yeah, I did. What else did you add? Frasier. Love Frasier. Apparently, some of the original characters are coming back. Very unclear if you meant like Cheers or Frasier characters. Or both. Yeah, uh, all the main characters were asked to come back for this, and they all said no. But in maybe they'll come back for like very small. Yeah, it was very awkward. Um, Kelsey Graham was asked about. He's like, the OGs will be there. There will be an OG presence. I'm like, you are too fucking old to say OG. I'm too old to say OG. It did feel uncomfortable. Yeah, thank you for acknowledging that. It's also the term OG and thinking about like the Fraser characters. Oh yeah, Niles, the original gangster. I love Niles. <laughs> Niles is the best part about Fraser. So some of them will be back. I mean, he's going back to Boston, so probably some Cheers people will pop up. I mean, what are they doing? Yeah. Aside from Ted Danson. Love Ted Danson. Love Cheers. Love Fraser. Well, you're getting him back. Yay. Trying to be a father in his 70s or however old he is. I mean, that's kind of what Fraser was. 
This kid was barely there. No, no, no. I don't mean that. I don't mean Fraser was trying to be the father. I mean, his own father was trying to be a father. Like, they were, that was the whole relationship was father-son relationship. Niles! That's your only impression of Fraser, but it's not good, but you do it anyway. Uh, Oops, this wasn't supposed to be leaked. Wolverine voice actor from the old 90s animated series. He's back. I think it's the same guy. And uh, he put out a video on the internet. He's like, all right, and we've just begun recording for season two that hasn't been officially announced yet. Oops. Well, I guess that season two is coming out. Yeah, Did there you we like go. season one? There's like no news on it. There's barely anything. Wait, have they, has season one already come out? No, it's, oh. there's barely information on season one Wait, out right is now. that, is that, oh, there was a, in one of these movies that we saw, there was an end scene that had the theme from the X-Men playing. That was in Multiverse of Madness, and it was when Xavier came out, they played the X-Men theme, but then when you see the Thanks. credits, it read X-Men 97 theme, which I was surprised. It's like, oh, like we're putting out a theme song for a show that's not going to be out for two years. That's weird. Okay, so I made some connections. They were mostly wrong, but they did have a kernel of truth in them, so thank you. <laughs> hey, the Ultimate Universe is back. I don't know what that is. In Marvel Comics, there was your main 616 universe. And then in like the late, what was it like 99, two, it was like between 99 and 2001. I can't remember now. They went, oh man, this universe is so complicated. We're going to reboot it with a new radical universe. Wolverine, you're going to have a soul patch. And everything's going to be rad and different. And we're starting a whole new Marvel universe from scratch. So it's not going to get too complicated. And then it immediately got too complicated. Mm-hmm. And then they blew it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of like what they're going to do in um, the upcoming Avengers movies. But now it's back. They literally blew up the entire universe. They took a couple of parts that they liked. Went, Miles, we like you. Evil Reed Richards, we like you. The rest, you're out of here. I do like Miles. Yeah. But now the Ultimate Universe is coming back for at least a four-issue miniseries uh, written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Brian Hitch, guys who have done a bunch of Ultimate stuff before. And they always do weird, trippy, heady stuff. And, I, and Christ Hickman was the one who blew up the universe before. Now he's bringing it back. That's fun. I trust him. I know nothing about him. Most of his stuff I like. Sometimes he gets a little up his own ass, but... Okay. That is an odd description of a person. That is my critical analysis. I I do generally like his stuff. Yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time. Okay. I I was thinking about stuff. Hey, the Marvels has been delayed. It was going to be a summer release. Now it's going to be in November. Okay. That's fine. I'm fine with November releases. There's also been talk, and it's like there's nothing like super super official ab- about um slowing down like a like some Marvel releases, like having like the Disney Plus stuff maybe get like a little more strategically done as they're now pumping out like four movies a year. Yeah, I kind of miss when it was like two movies a year. That was like the sweet spot. Do you not miss that? I, I don't. Two feels too small. Four feels too much. Maybe three is the sweet spot. Okay. But I mean, I, I've certainly said it before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. I'm, there's definitely, I'm definitely feeling fatigue with all, just because it's like nonstop. How spoiled are you? I know, right? <laughs> but there is a thing where it's, I've talked about this, like the reason I get like excited about like Picard or Rocky is because like, oh, I have some time in between things to like get excited about. Like I'm like super excited about like Indiana Jones. And Abbott Elementary. No. Yes. I don't watch that. <laughs> and All Creatures Great and Small. <laughs> but yeah, it's delayed whatever that's probably why there wasn't like a super bowl spot or anything like that because it was getting kicked down the road a few months that's fine that's fine that's probably better that way yeah i mean hopefully it's good the first one was okay yeah um this is a it feels like the 90s ninja turtles are crossing over with another comic book property is it batman again no is it you're not you're not getting there it's street Scooby-Doo? Fighter. no it's street fighter they've never oh. done scooby-doo really it feels surprising it does feel surprising huh um street fighter 
Cool. Yeah, a comic book series of Ninja Turtles versus Street Fighter. I'm like, God, this feels like the 90s. You love the 90s. I know, but... Definite... Where is the joy in your heart Ninja right Turtles now? used to cross over with so much stuff and uh, to varying degrees of success. And uh, the spirit of that is back and in full swing between like the Power Rangers and the Ghostbusters and Batman and now Street Fighter and maybe some other ones. But you love some of those things. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Sounds fun. How could it be bad? It's one of those things like I'm I'm buying it as a completionist, but I feel pretty indifferent about the concept. <laughs> Maybe you'll love it. That happens. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it goes the opposite. Yes, that's probably true. All right. One last news story. Hey, Buffy's coming back. The TV continuity for one more story. Is it really? Yeah. It's something Boom's putting out. It's a... Oh, oh, it's like a comic. I was... Yeah. Very confused. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a one-shot called The Lost Summer, where I was trying to figure out where it fit into continuity based off of just the covers and like one page that Boom put out. And my immediate thought is, I don't think this works. Based on one page if you could what sum they have up, on the covers. Guys, I was the co-host on the Buffy Back Issue Bin. And if you could have summed up our ba- Buffy Back Issue Bin show in one sentence, it would be, I'm not sure how this fits in the continuity. It's not true. I bent over backwards to make shit fit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Will I pick it up? Maybe. It's just a one-off. Of course you will. What is this maybe? Who are you saying maybe to? I, I haven't picked up any of the Boom stuff in a little while now. Oh, does it still come out? Oh, yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, I mean, Angel failed as a book and came back as a different book. Oh, weird. Huh. Who would have thunk it? Willow's a Slayer now or something. They did a bunch of like alternate dimension stuff. Angel's a oh. movie star. Well, that's good for him then. I don't know. Oh, whatever. I look at the solicits. I don't actually keep up with it. Whatever. But yeah, uh, Spike tries to send everyone away to dispose of some of like the last box of his poetry. So he sends everyone to New Orleans. Huh. Makes sense. Yeah, sure. Uh, we'll see. No guarantees I'm buying this. Okay. All right. It's also one of those things like we're doing the con- like the TV continuity. It's like, we did this. Yeah. <laughs> like- yes, we did. Let us tell you about it. <laughs> I did for, for a, a while. million episodes. We'll see. I don't know. I'm probably gonna buy it. I know you will, but I like that you put up a front that you might not. <laughs> Look at the TV. Ooh, the TV. <laughs> I love the TV. There's a game that I play whenever we see Buffy on. Like if I'm like trying to like scroll to usually a basketball game, whatever channel it's on, like TNT or TBS, wherever it is. I like to play a game where they show you a little still where I tell you what the episode title is and the episode number without looking. <laughs> Guys, it's so funny because the episode title and number are directly next I'm not to the cheating. picture. I know, but I also thought that you were telling me at first, like this is a game that I didn't know that you played. And then I was anyway. Yes, I've seen you play this game every single time Buffy's on TV, and you happen to pass it, and you're like, "I know what this is." The disturbing number of times that you're right. I'm wrong occasionally. Sometimes I can't. You're usually never wrong. Usually, it's either too vague of an image, and you can get it down to like. It's at the beginning of season four or whatever. Game I play with myself. That's the news. All right, we're going to move on from there to Weird Comics Facts. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. Sounds great. What do you have for me today? Now I guess I'll go to the one I wrote down. Okay. What's it about? Well, it's it's Ant-Man week. He's back. I know. I saw the movie. We call it Ant-Man and the Wasp, but it's an Ant-Man movie. It is an Ant-Man movie. I saw it. <laughs> Did you know in the com- I might have done this one before. I don't remember. Did you know in the comics there's a third Ant-Man? No. Who came about uh, from Robert Kirkman. 
Guy who created The Walking Dead. Oh, I was like, why do I know that name? Thank he, you. He'd already done Marvel work before. He had done Marvel Zombies, which the first first one is well worth reading and then maybe stop reading them. Okay. Good to know. But he created a character, Eric, o- Eric O'Grady, the irredeemable Ant-Man. Why do we want an irredeemable Ant-Man? Uh, he's an Irish drunk slash thief who finds Hank Pym's Ant-Man costume and steals it. And then he just uses the suit to look at women naked and steal stuff. Wow. Does he ever turn to good or is this just no, he eventually... his misadventures over and over? Uh, the series only lasted 12 issues. Wow. It was, Can't uh, imagine. Why not? I've never read it. I think it was fairly well received. I think people like Kirkman's stuff, but yeah, uh, that character was also killed, but then he was also brought back. Oh, he was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent too. I forgot to mention that. Oh, oh, see, there's something redeemable then, probably. Just crimes and boobs. That's what he was about. Wow. Eric O'Grady. Great. <laughs> the irredeemable Ant-Man. All right, that's my weird comics facts. Great. Irredeemable Ant-Man. So from irredeemable Ant-Man to an irredeemably boring game, it's time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. So nothing happened to the world of sports this week, except the NBA All-Star Game, or if something else happened, I don't know about it. Uh, Brittany Griner's back on the basketball court. Oh, yeah. She signed a new one-year deal. Spring training has started, and I guess that there are very, very few people at the Red Sox spring training, which is normally very well attended in Fort Myers, Florida, but it is not now. Is it because no one likes them? They're very bad, yeah. <laughs> that would do it. So those are two other sports stories that I know of. And the Bruins are still doing well. Good for them. Yeah, NBA, And the NBA was on a break. NBA All-Star Weekend. Boy, I didn't watch the Skills Challenge. No, but that Mac that? kid. Yes, that, that was, was the exciting so part. so impressive. Yeah, Damien Lillard won the three-point. <laughs> <laughs> Contest pretty handily. Hmm, what are you laughing weird. at? Nothing continuity you gotta keep it up yep nothing about the whole segment that was just cut okay (laughs) yeah and then we got the dunk contest which was actually fun yes which was won by this kid who was just having the week of his life he got signed to a 10-day contract from the g league to the 76ers no he got a two-way not a 10-day no no he started as a 10-day and then they upped it to a two-way with the 76ers, and then all in the same week, he got invited to the dunk contest and then won it in spectacular fashion. What was his name? Mac? Mac McClung? Yeah, something like that. Yes. Yeah, this this kid I've never heard of before in my entire life just came out of nowhere and won the dunk contest. The dog looks possessed right now. I can't help you with that. Okay. Well, his eyes are all the way rolled back, and it's super creepy. Yeah, so no one saw that coming. No, but it was very fun, and good for him. Oh. Way to take your moment and actually turn it into everything that you possibly could there's the weirdness of um constantly celebrating carl malone all weekend which was weird but the real star of the whole weekend was deuce tatum (laughs) yay deuce Deuce. yeah the all-star game uh was as boring as ever maybe even more boring it was hideously boring yeah Giannis was in there for one possession because he has an injury so he got one bucket and left lebron got a little dinged up so he left it looks like lebron was gonna go for the mvp I don't know if he would have won it, but he was at least going for it before he went out. Yeah, and then Jason. And then it just turned into between Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum, and then eventually Donovan Mitchell was like, I don't care. <laughs> but also, to be fair, Jalen did pretty well. Yeah, Jalen did too. Yeah, so. The two on opposite teams. To be The only entertaining parts of this game, like, some of the dunks are fun because literally no one is playing defense and you have, like, 12 feet to work with. 
but the only like actual like defensive part of the game was like Jason and Jalen going against each other, like just going one on one. And even though it is the All Star game, I don't ever think I've seen eight other guys on the court just put their arms by their side and just kind of like stand and watch. It was weird. It was weird. But it was fun watching them like go one on one back and forth, and they both got like some buckets on each other. And Jalen got to do the too small, which was funny. Yes, it was all really boring except for those three minutes. <laughs> Yeah, and even Tatum wins the MVP, and he's the all-time leading scorer in an all-star game, but he doesn't even get in a fun way. He gets it on a free throw. Yes. Like, woo! <laughs> also, how were their free throws at the all-star game is another shocking <laughs> revelation. Yeah, because yeah, um, no one plays a lick of defense because no one wants to get hurt. Which I understand. I so understand that. The ratings on it were terrible, too. Yes, because it's so boring. I think I fell asleep or read through it. I don't know which one. <laughs> the All-Star game is not a fun time. No. No, they definitely they need to fix it. And it, I don't know how you fix it, because I totally get the idea that you don't want people to get hurt and how dumb it would be if somebody actually got hurt meanwhile, at the All-Star game. Ooh, new official coach, Joe Missoula, did leave Tatum in five minutes longer than anyone else. I love that. Of course he did. Loved that. I love Joe. Thanks, <laughs> that, Joe. That's it. That was the All-Star weekend. It was boring. Yep. But real games start again tomorrow, and... I can't believe... I will... It is so weird that Carl Malone was getting just... I mean, not universe. You could hear some booze there, but like Carl Malone was getting like ovations, and they mentioned Kyrie Irving's name, and he gets like booed by everyone. I'm like, guys, I think our... Our priorities might be a little screwed up here. Yeah. Yes. Because for all that Kyrie has made some odd choices and not always made some promises to cities that he's not always kept. He hasn't impregnated a 13-year-old. Exactly. So When he was 20. Yep. So I don't even have to say allegedly. That's just out there. That's real. Kyrie is doing well. Yeah. That, that was just weird. I'm like, really? We're going to... Of the people we're going to boo today... I'm also done with the booing Kyrie thing. I feel bad at this point. It's fine. Guys, he's fine. He's just doing his thing. And I don't know. I still think it's pretty funny. No, I don't. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Okay. All right. That's sports. We're going to move on from there to a million reviews. Let's, let's do the quickest one out of the way because you didn't really watch this thing. The Last of Us, episode six or seven. You didn't do the screaming at streaming thingy. Fine. I'll call it screaming at streaming. Thank you. For the next two. Great. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope. We're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. The Last of Us was a thing. Yeah, you you watched the first couple. You're like, I don't care. I'm like, all right, cool. I watched most of this episode because I'm on school vacation. And then I went to go take a shower when it was starting to get tense at the end and i was like something terrible is about to happen so yeah you came in the room you're like you didn't tell me they were gonna find tommy i'm like why would i tell you that <laughs> like you haven't watched this in weeks because i asked you i like at the very beginning when they were like are we gonna find tommy blah 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 and i was like do they find tommy and you're like i don't know well the answer is i don't know i, I didn't make it this far in the game so oh see I'm, I'm in uncharted territory aside from knowing what the ending is all right well there you go i told you the ending too yeah um, it felt very The Stand-esque when they have their little utopia commune thing. And it's, I mean, I, I get it. It's all kind of the same idea. You're in a dystopian universe and you create a new yeah, what's, governing what's body. But it felt very, very similar to The Stand, the miniseries that we recently watched. And by recently, I mean within the past three years. Uh, the director of this episode, 
I can't remember off the top of my head. She grew up uh, kind of in a war zone and uh, based a lot of this community around like what they were doing. It's just like you don't know what's going to happen, but like they just try to like build up like their own thing and make it special and unique. So there's uh, some real life experience kind of pulled for that. In the game, I, the first time you see ooh, whatever the name of the city was, like it wasn't very much. But when you see it in the second game, it looks more like this so that they moved a few things around here or there. OK, that makes sense. But didn't it did it not feel like the stand to you like you're repurposing yeah, yeah. people's houses and I get it that's that's the whole thing I I can imagine that that is somewhat similar to real life. I like the grumpy couple in the beginning. Yeah, the old people. You <laughs> would <laughs> like. Oh, did the you? The river of death. Did you come out here because of like the virus? No, years before that, <laughs> just to want to deal with people. And then I liked that the old lady was like, "I didn't want to come," <laughs> and I was like. And I'm ready to watch a spinoff with those two just <laughs> bitching each other. Uh, yep. Yep. Also, they only took one horse when they left, and that made me sad for that poor horse to have to carry both of them the entire time. I do like Ellie in this one, like learning Joel's history and confronting him when he's like, I, Tommy, I need to give up this girl. And then ever, oh, were you somehow in the you room said for that? that? No, no, I was. But you said that so creepy somehow. <laughs> Tommy. Um, I did hear, see something that Pedro Pascal cried on every single take of filming that. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, there's some really solid acting moments in this one. Not that there haven't been before, but like, I, I do like the Joel and the Tommy stuff and the stuff with Ellie. It's all really good. I think um, the, when she hears about Sarah for the first time, like that, that's a really good acting moment. Yes. Yeah. And it also, I understand, I understand everyone's tensions and there was a lot of show don't tell. And then next week... In a good way. Oh, man. Joel's been stabbed with the pointy end of a baseball bat. That's never good. How very Negan. Right? <laughs> well, the baseball bat got broken. Oh, well. And then, then it had a pointy end. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. You, you went, This is when you left. When they were like happily riding out together on a horse, you're like, and something bad's like, about to happen. It's not going to end well. So I left. You're like, I'm used to this. <laughs> I haven't seen that much of the show, but I know enough. Yeah. No, we are not allowed to have happy endings. <laughs> so There's a glimmer. Yep. Will Joel survive? Yes. Even though next week looks like it's all flashback to Ellie's backstory. Oh, that's interesting. To, I'd, to, I'd watch that To one. drag out the suspense, like, what's going to happen to Joel? And I'm going to say, probably going to be fine. Probably, but I would watch the part about Ellie's backstory. Where did she come from? Where did she go? No. Where did she come from? <laughs> nope. Caught that Joe. Joel. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's The Last of Us. Anything else? Yeah, I just liked it. And now we're beyond where I'm in the, where I played, so I'm like, eh, it's all new to me. Do you want to go back and play the game now? I'm playing like f- too many games right now. You're playing Mario Kart and Mario Smash Brothers. I don't know what they're called. No, Minish Cap just came out. I'm playing that. What? Minish Cap. What is Minish Cap? It's the Zelda one. The Game Boy Advance one. Oh, oh, yeah. You are still playing that. I am. Well, I just started. Okay. All right. That's The Last of Us. Moving on to really what I want to talk about the most. Thank God. Number one Star Trek fan is here. Guys, he cried all the way through this episode. I haven't introduced you yet. We're talking season three of Picard, episode one, The Next Generation. He cried all the way through it, probably starting with that title. You weren't there. You don't know. You made me watch it and you went, I'm not going to cry this time because I cried last time. <laughs> and then you got so glassy eyed. No, I didn't. So many times. You kept times. saying that. Okay. You cried all the way through it. <laughs> no, I didn't. First time? I didn't cry. I got glassy eyed. Oh, okay, cool. That's such a big distinction. It is, because n- nothing broke the seal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was in from the first two seconds. I'm like, look at that font. I know that font. I'm like, listen to that music. I know that music. Look at those old men. I know them. Yep, yep. They're all your friends. And we get to see 
some of our old friends back. We see Will Riker. Well, we open up with Crusher. We see Beverly Crusher, not... Beverly crushing it. Whatever his name is, the child. Jack. No, the other one. The weird one. The one with the weird sweaters. Wesley? Yes, Wesley Crusher. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We don't see him. <laughs> yes, we don't see Wesley Crusher. We just see Jack. We're not there yet, by the way, full spoilers. Okay, yep. Yeah, Beverly just opens up. She's unloading on these aliens of unknown origin. We don't know where they are yet, but she kills a couple of guys, like double she, like, taps them. atomizes them. Yeah, which is some kind of new weapon that apparently like Starfleet doesn't know about. Yeah, because it was weird. <laughs> yeah, because they're dead. So she keeps on killing things. She's like, hey, I've been shot and I'm out outside of Federation space. So she sends an encoded message to Jean-Luc Picard, the only one who we can think of. The only one she can trust. Yes. An old man. Don't bring in Starfleet. Even though you're an admiral, don't do it. And Come also, find me. And also, I know you're definitely going to talk to Will. Yes. Because that's the only way you could figure out what my coded message I is. I know that. Okay, so. I saw that on Twitter. Um, The guy who's show writing the season, he's like, she knew that he was going to talk to Will. Okay. Because I was like, you have to, that feels too big of a plot hole for them to be like, you weren't even conscious during this whole episode. And then, yeah, so, so Picard gets this distressed call. We don't we don't need to like beat for beat, but like he meets uh, Will at the new Ten Forward that got established in the last season. So we go to Ten Forward. We mention Guinan, but she's not there. What the fuck is Guinan? I don't know. On the View. She dressed up as Guinan on the View to interview everyone. She was Guinan last season. Where the hell is Whoopi Goldberg? I she'll be back. I have great faith in her to come back. I, I don't because how many times are they just going to keep going back to ten forward? Guinan here today? No, probably more. They'll no. probably head back there. I doubt it. I just thought that was weird that there was no Guinan. I think there's a lot of things to happen in this season, so I'm not worried about it. I mean, everyone's older and shittier. I do like that Picard and Riker are just like back in it like it's the old days. It's like the only stable thing in here. I like that we got to meet Jordy's daughter. Real life daughter. She's very fun. Uh, he has two daughters. Both of them are in the season, I believe. And what's funny is um, the last episode of Next Generation, there's an alternate timeline. And the Jordy goes to meet Picard at his uh, at Chateau Picard. And he tells um, the names that are used in that episode for his daughters are the ones they're using in the show. Oh, that's fun. So a fun little connection there. But yeah, uh, real life LeVar Burton daughter playing Jordy's daughter. That's so cool. We see Riker's ship. Ah, the Titan. The first time seeing, I mean, this isn't Riker's Titan, it's the new class. So we've, we never actually got to see the Titan in live action, we just got to see it uh, in animated form on Lower Decks. Yes. Are you getting glassy-eyed right now talking no. about the Titan? No. Are you a little bit? No. Okay. Um, the hell is this interrogation? We were watching, or rather playing in front of me, was also a video with Will Wheaton who interviews all the people from the show and has a whole hour-long ep- show it's about the, the hour-long room. show. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there was a trivia question on there about what ship does the USS Titan save first? And it was the Cerritos, and I got it right, and I knew it because of Lower Decks, because I've also been in the room for a lot of those. Yeah. like that show. Yeah. You do like Star Trek. It was fun. They did a... They did a as so many shows are bringing back original cast very recently, they brought them back more comfortably and seamlessly than, say, some of your other shows. I don't even know what you're talking about. How I Met Your Father. Show sucks. <laughs> um, or any of your other shows where they bring back people. This 
felt earned and felt like they had a place and a role. And I want everyone so bad. I'm like, just give me everyone. Like, I know that I knew they weren't going to all be up front. They even told you that. The director on Will Wheaton's Ready Room told you that. Well, that came out after the episode. Oh, in my world, it came out before. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what the trouble in paradise is with Will and Deanna. I know. That also, was like, that was good... by, own, by far the thing that I was most interested in. Also, Frakes is looking trim as hell. Yeah, he looks good. Like, he was in season one, and he just looked like a regular guy. This was like... Because they probably were like, hey, you want to come do this thing? He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, probably. I mean, but this is like, hey, we're doing a doesn't whole- Doesn't he direct a lot of things? Yeah, he does. He's doing two this season. Ooh, snazzy. But he definitely like trimmed down for this in a big way. Yeah, he looks great. And he's wearing a wig. Aren't they all? I know- Obviously, Picard is not. <laughs> um, Marina Sirius will be when she shows up. I don't know what's up with Gates and Scadden. Is she wearing a wig? I'll have to I don't think so. I think she went gray. Like, actually went gray. Well, I mean- so- Michelle Pfeiffer had a number of wigs in the movie we're about to talk about. They were very distracting, and they were all gray. They were kind of like blondish. Anyway, Star Trek Picard, off to a good start. Seven of nine. She's a sassy commander. Oh, that's right. There's a mean old captain they have to But maybe she's going to get fired, so. Yeah, maybe she's going to go back to being a ranger. are they going to go rogue? They already went rogue. Are they going to go rogue for an entire season again? It's like James Bond. (laughs) When's he going to go rogue? (laughs) Immediately. They immediately (laughs) fell off. And uh, Beverly has a secret son. Named Jack. Who we're probably supposed to... Th- yeah. I don't... Who's the father? I'm sure we're all supposed to think it's Picard. That feels too easy. Because also Jack was... Um, Jack has hair. Well, her her dead husband's name was Jack. Oh. So it would feel weird if she had a kid with Picard and they had like this love triangle and then she named Picard's kid after her dead husband that he was best friends with. And yeah. So I don't... I think we're all supposed to think it's Picard because, hey, we've all seen Wrath of Khan. We, we, we know the drill. But it feels too obvious to be a thing. Yeah, I believe that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're just doing Wrath of Khan again. Maybe. What do I know? You know You'll Khan. have to watch it and tell me. Yeah, tomorrow morning when I get up super ass early to watch it. Great. That'll leave time for the bagels to rise. <laughs> Great. <laughs> all right, that's Picard. Um, I loved every second of it. I don't care. Both times. You just unabashedly it's... watched it twice. <laughs> well, this is... Sometimes Picard, and I've definitely, like, some stuff, like, in the immediacy of it, like, I end up liking it more. Like, once I have time to sit with it, I end up liking it less. Like, there was a couple episodes of, like, Picard season one that were kind of weak, and season two definitely wasn't as strong. But I feel like when I'm, like, ever talking about Picard, like, I'm so excited immediately. And, like, it was the best thing ever. This time, no. Not changing my mind. You didn't sleep all the night before because you were too excited about it and thought about getting up at two in the morning to watch it. No, so. it'll be three. It doesn't come out till three. You woke up at two in the morning and thought about staying <laughs> awake for an hour to watch it. I did, did cross my mind. <laughs> I slept like a normal person. And that's Picard. Hopefully Jared will come in with his things next week. I'm sure he will. We're not talking about this episode, though. I've talked about it already. I bet you talk about it again. If all right. Excited. Mo- moving on to Ant-Man. Okay, the wasp, here was the confusing mania. part. No, I need to play an intro. You're like, before oh, you're like, you gotta do this one. Guess, so now we need a different intro. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. It's time for an Editor's Note podcast review. Hey, non-spoilers, and then it'll be spoilers. Time code's down below. Okay, so throughout NBA All-Star Weekend, they kept talking about Ant-Man. And I was very confused because there's a player, not on the Celtics, so I don't really know who they are. Anthony Edwards. Who is called Ant-Man, but Ant-Man was also coming out this weekend, and there was a lot of confusion happening in my brain. I just needed to say that. Anthony Edwards is not. There was a lot of Ant-Man happening. (laughs) He's not in the movie. That's also true. Maybe he has a cameo. You don't know. I I watched the movie, so I don't think he does. But to be fair, I have no idea what Anthony Edwards (laughs) looks like, so... 
Maybe well, he does. You, you did get a small role from your good place, buddy. Yes. Cheaty was in there. Not his real name. Something Jackson Harper something. Eh, I never watched The Good Place, so I don't know. Mm, I should look this up. <laughs> Cheaty was in there. It was a lot of fun, though. It's a weird thing that we're opening with that as the conversation, but I liked him. He he played this weird little psychic. He's like, it's not fun. People are disgusting. And that's all I hear in my brain all the time. <laughs> yes. Which, he's a telepath. Did we say that? Yeah. We probably should have. William Jackson Harper. I there, was correct. There you go. I liked him. He, <laughs> he was fun. He was just in there. Yes. Um. I mean, he was helpful to the plot, but he was also just fun. Yes. I, I quite enjoyed this Ant-Man. Yeah, this thing's getting a little bit hammered and i haven't really looked into it like i know it has the lowest rotten tomato score which is an aggregate site so you know not always the most useful yeah but it has the lowest score since the eternals i personally enjoy this much more than i enjoyed the internals but yeah. i also knew a lot less about the eternals going into it so take yeah that i've, I've seen will. some of that for like people people don't like that it's a tonal change from like being a little bit silly and goofy but it still had a little bit of silly and goofiness and i liked Paul Rudd is just so charming. This, I completely believe, would have fallen flat with many other actors. And there are very few actors that could have pulled it off quite like Paul Rudd did. Yeah, I don't... I enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't really, you know, a little bit of a spoiler. But yeah, I had a good time with it. And like, I know I had said a little bit like earlier, and I was thinking about this as the movie starts. Like, I am kind of getting a little bit of fatigue. I, mean, I guess it hasn't been that long since we saw one because it was Black Panther. And that, But it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're going out to the movies. This is like, like kind of an event. And it's kind of like... Like, the Marvel stuff is fun to do. I'm like, oh, that's right. And, like, and some of it looks cool on the big screen. And even seeing some of those trailers, I'm like, seeing, Indi- like, the Indiana Jones trailer was like, oh, fuck, that's, that's what it's going to look like. Yeah, I I thought that it was worth going to the movies for. This is a weird thing. That I saw, I saw some people like, well, it starts kind of so. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this movie, like, wastes no time to, like, all right, here's Scott. Six minutes later, boom, quantum realm. Yeah, no, I did not think that it started slow. I also... I mean, it's not as light as the other Ant-Man movies, but it's also not as heavy as like Black Panther that we just saw. So I didn't mind it bridging that middle ground. And maybe that was the issue is that it's not completely light or completely serious. Yeah, it is tonally a little muddled. I think what's really going to make or break this movie for you is like how much you can get into the CGI. Because once they get to the quantum realm, which is 98% of the movie. Yeah, you're like, just in the CGI world. Like the, There isn't a single thing in there that's real. <laughs> And it's well done. It doesn't, to me... Mostly. Mostly. Okay, if the whole movie is CGI, it, they do a very good job. Well, I mean, there's been so many art. There was one, I think it was Vulture put out one today about, like, um, anonymous, like, people who worked on this movie and just, like, how much of a crunch, like, animators, like, working 80 hours a week and that's, like, why some stuff looks bad is because they're under, like, underpaid, like, on, like, an insane crunch time. And the quote that everyone kept on picking up from the article was um, one of the guys who's like, I equate it to human greed. What do you mean? Just like overworking these people. Oh, yeah. And, and like not like putting the necessary resources that wouldn't really affect Disney that much differently. Yeah. No, I completely. <laughs> There's been a lot of stuff like that of people that. getting like seriously rushed. So, I mean, it's one of those things like, oh, yeah, look at all these animators who were worked to the bone. Yay. And also, mm-hmm. I do get a big kick out, out of, and I said this to you, it's like whenever you see people in a CGI environment like running, usually just means that they're on a treadmill with the green screen behind them like i saw a lot of treadmill running in this movie a lot of people that were running in a space that doesn't exist i think i there were a lot of things that i liked about this movie but one thing that i this isn't really a spoiler the team breaks up pretty quickly and while i enjoyed both halves of those stories they don't get together 
until the very end of the movie again. Did you notice that? Yeah. And I, Maybe it, your, your A and your B plot. It is what it is. But for something called Ant-Man and the Wasp, I would have enjoyed more Ant-Man and the Wasp together. I say that as someone who's not really sure how well, that would have worked within the it, plot. But I mean, At least Michelle Pfeiffer got to do something this time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everybody got to do something, which I really enjoyed, well, too. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Nobody, nobody was really sidelined. Nobody was. Yeah, Michael Douglas got to do some stuff too, but like Michelle Pfeiffer was just like she popped up for basically a cameo at the end of the last one. Mm-hmm. Another cameo in Endgame. This is her third movie. I'm like, oh, she did something. Yeah, and she did it well. It was believable and solid. I liked Jonathan Majors coming back as Kang. That's not a spoiler. No, of course okay. not. I don't know what's a spoiler. I don't pay attention to the trailers. I don't know what information's out there. Yeah, no, he he's going to be scary. He's going to be good because we're going to see a lot more of him coming up. I don't know when he's supposed to be. No, I mean, no Creed one knows. Three. That's when we're going to see him next. Yes, you're right. And also at the NBA All-Star Game or yes. wherever he was. Yeah, he was at the All-Star Game. Okay. Yeah, so he was fantastic. I like that he, he is definitely a different flavor than Thanos. Yes, and... I, I like some of the runners that keep going through the Ant-Man things, like the ben, the Baskin-Robbins part, yeah. um, that Baskin-Robbins just keeps popping up in here, uh, which seemed like a throwaway thing at the very beginning of the first movie, and I enjoy that that has continued all the way through. I enjoyed... I like that it was two hours. Is that all? It, it we, didn't feel super long. We were in, we were out. Even like, because I think I've been so kind of conditioned for longer movies, like when we were going into the like the last battle, I'm like, are we there? It was brisk. You say that, like, you look down at your wrist like you've worn a watch sometime in the past 15 years. I used to wear watches. I know. Then they all broke? Yeah, mostly. Okay. Anyway, um, now you are at home all the time, so you don't wear watches, because why would you? I like to accessorize. Accessorize your at-home clothes? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah, I I really, I'm not really getting why people are kind of, like, crapping on this movie. I Like, was it one of the top-tier ones? No. Which maybe is, like... That's the expectation, or maybe it's like people wanted the Kang introduced like in a bigger way or something. I don't know. I don't know either, but I I enjoyed it. Maybe they didn't like it that there weren't. Oh, never mind. That's a spoiler. I'm gonna save that too. But I yeah, I would recommend it. I would recommend going to the theater to see it. Yeah, it was definitely a good uh, big screen movie. And, again, but it's gonna really like depend on how much you can buy into the CG. Guys, audiences are learning how to go to the movies again. We had a fabulous movie going experience with a lot of people in a theater and I, I didn't know, see I... cell phones. People weren't talking. It was fantastic. Thank you, everybody in Central Maine. I know. I didn't get mad at anyone during that entire movie. Which is great. Rare. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I also didn't get mad at anybody, which is normal. All right. I guess that's not spoilers. Patented review system. Uh, it's see it in theaters. Yeah. Still enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. See it in theaters. Look out. There's spoilers ahead. I feel like I'm coming down kind of like neutral. I, I enjoyed it more than I'm kind of sounding. I think like I'm, it's not like one of the like the top like best ones, but it's definitely not at the bottom. I wasn't ever bored, which is always a good thing. I'm yes. Yes. Yes, I'm glad that your entertainment didn't bore you. But thinking about it in comparison to like Multiverse of Madness, I enjoyed this one more, I believe. That's the other thing. Like I used to rewatch these movies, but now like I literally like for like all of phase four, I don't know if I rewatched a single one. Oh, I rewatched The Eternals to see if I'd like it better a second time around. Did you? Yeah, a little bit. I liked this better than The Eternals. 
I'm also not a super critical person of things like this, so I didn't dislike any of these, just so we're clear. It's just, it's not on the scale of, like, a, an Avengers, which is well, fine. They did try and make it like that. Now that we are in spoilers, I can start talking about Oh, some... are we in spoilers? <laughs> yeah. Spoil away, friends. I didn't like that there were two separate armies that came to save the day at the end. Like, didn't we just do this? We just had one army. Now there's a second army. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I guess Return of the King did that, so I guess I can't get too mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, a, it's not a surprising thing. What I was going to say... I like that Kang is a morally ambiguous character at this point, that we're going off of Michelle Pfeiffer saying he's going to destroy everything if he gets out of here. He has to stay in here. But we don't really know who put him in there until we find out at the very end that it's all of the Kangs put him in there. And so does that make him the one good Kang and all of the rest of them ganged up on him? Or is he the one bad Kang? Or I don't know. He seemed pretty bad. He did seem pretty bad. But then... What with the killings? Like at the end when... Paul Rudd. I don't know his real name in this movie. Scott. 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 When you, Scott Lang. You just have to think about Michael Douglas going, Scott. Oh, yeah. That's right. That'll keep it in your head. Scott. When he just, when he's like bebopping down the street and then he's like, but then he said something really bad was going to happen. Did I just kill everybody by killing <laughs> Kang? Did I actually kill Kang? I enjoyed that moment because that's kind of the whole point that Thanos was not morally ambiguous. We understood, like, I understood his motivations, and they were terrible and wrong and the worst, and which made him interesting because he had motivations. I don't know why Kang is trying to do what he's trying. I mean, I vaguely know why he's trying to do what he's trying he's to conquering. do. Because conquering. Yes, but, but is it true? Is it true that if he doesn't destroy all these other timelines that he's going to doom everybody else? I don't know. That's interesting to Something- me. I know it's a small thing, but something they definitely did. Like Jonathan Majors got like super jacked for this, but he's either in a frumpy jumpsuit or like a piece of plastic, like where you can't see any of his body. I do like in the last fight, they ripped off some of that. Like, oh no, he worked out. We're showing off those arms. And then I don't know when they filmed Creed, but he could just transition into one from the other. Yeah. Um, I did notice that too. I thought that was funny. Like Modoc's little butt. Oh my gosh, I forgot about Modoc. How could you forget about Modoc? <laughs> it's just Corey Stoll. <laughs> that was I think that might have been my favorite joke. It was just repeated. Baron, Darren, Modoc, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fast. <laughs> it I that's what this movie is to me. It's all those little moments that if they were done by other actors, they would have fallen flat or felt super cheesy or... I've been hoping for Modoc for years. I never thought it was going to happen. Like, no way they're going to do that weird little shit. And they did. They but they did. made him big. They made, he did. And he looks super weird. And he said it was so weird and awkward. I can't... It's one of those things... I can't tell, like, if the CG on it was, like, intentionally bad. Yes, I think so. Or I think or he's not. supposed to look intentionally kind of like a blotchy. lot of, like, the face, what like the lips, like weren't really matching up with like what he was saying a lot of the time. Like it was pretty close. Like is it, and it did look like weirdly. I think pix- it was pixelated. I'm like, is this some purpose? I can't tell. I think it was intentional because he's just so weird. He's the whole a, thing is so weird. weird. I enjoy- <laughs> his weird little legs and his weird little arms. I just I enjoyed him every time he was on screen. I'm like yeah, she wore that weird fucking face. <laughs> and every time he put the helmet on, I'm like no, take it off. <laughs> it was so weird. I don't want to see your weird gold glaring helmet. I want to see your weird stretched out face. I loved it. I loved that the ant saved us again. That was fabulous, and as it should be. Um, but yeah, the weird part to me, more than the two armies thing, was just the fact that Ant Man and the Wasp interact very little in this. 
Like, I forgot that they were a couple. Kind of. They interact very little in this. And not that they're not believable. They're just... They just... Understandably, Scott is so worried about Cassie and, like, focused on Cassie that that the wasp... What's her name? Evangeline Lilly? No, what's her name in the movie? Hope. Hope, yeah. Hope. I I thought the whole relationship between Hope and her parents was very interesting, but I forgot that Hope and Scott were really connected. I like that this movie... Like this one started back in series started back in 2015. There's so many different franchises going now that there's significant time in between movies that now they have to show us flashbacks in the movie to remind us what happened. Yes. Yeah. Well, because at the beginning they could assume that you were going to rewatch it if you wanted to. And now they're like, we understand. Remember, you remember the third act from Ant-Man in 2015? No. Well, we'll tell you about it again. We'll remind you. Yes. I also liked when all of the Scott's, built up together in the probability it looked like the ants yes i got that part but i mostly enjoyed the baskin robbins one that was saying <laughs> why am i here why am i dressed like this this is my uniform these are normal clothes <laughs> why are you dressed like that <laughs> that was my favorite i loved that i loved the terrible terrible ant cake at the end for cassie um that was pretty fun um we haven't talked about her uh, she was fun yeah i thought she did great I liked that she was pushing him to do more. I enjoyed that he was listening to his own audiobook in the car. <laughs> it's, it's very dorky. Uh, but I enjoyed that she was the motivating factor to be like, you can't just stop now that Thanos is killed. Like, you can't just be done. Rest on your laurels. Yes, that is the phrase. So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that she was pushing him to help. I loved our fun little jelly creature. Who's Dave DeSmallchin, who was in the first two movies. I don't know who that is. You've seen him in so many things now. Everyone enjoys him. He doesn't have an agent. People just call him because they like him. Well, he sounds very nice. He w- he played the little Russian hacker in the first two ones. He was the, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad. Yes, I know exactly who you're He's talking about. He's been in a number of Kevin Smith things. Okay. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Who you're talking about. He was in The Dark Knight. Okay, I believe that. I've seen that movie before and remember it well, but I've seen it. Yes. Anyway, he was super fun. I'd like to question his hole count. I knew this was coming. We identify humans as having seven holes because this guy has no holes and he wants some holes. I disagree. No, he didn't know that he wanted any until he got some and then he ate everybody. (laughs) (laughs) He said the hole count is seven. I say it's nine. Just because your eye holes are filled with eyes doesn't mean they're not holes. Mm, I disagree. But... The answer of holes is nine. I think that that was very funny. I thought that the the interplay of our three quantum realm bound characters, him and William Jackson Harper and the warrior lady. <laughs> the lady. Um, I enjoyed their interactions. I thought they played well off of each other. I thought that. I like Michael Douglas's weird. Gross I thought they were fun. Arm spaceship. there's so many weird gross things it's like stuff in a turkey but everybody is just so fun and good like even the little moments when they drink the ooze and they can understand what everybody's saying around them and then michael douglas drinks the ooze and the first thing he says to the bartender is i don't know your people or cultures but i'm assuming you have something that will get me drunk (laughs) oh my gosh we didn't even talk about bill murray being in here for a hot second and then getting eaten by the giant octopus things. Yeah. Random Bill Murray. Loved that. It was it was just fun. It was a fun movie. I enjoyed also that it has potentially big stakes, but that in and of itself this movie is not This is also the first earth-shattering, time earth-shattering 
life-changing yeah this is the only real time i've ever actually like considered ant-man like a physical threat too you've never considered him a physical threat i mean even when he goes to like giant man it's like oh he's like what he pulled on roadie once and he punched one of those big things but yeah i mean he's never really been like a big fighter and this is the first one i'm like oh like this is really showing him as a physical threat well and also they show him really getting beaten up yeah i mean obviously not really getting beaten up but you know what i mean like he's bloody there's blood in his teeth there's there's the idea that he's willing to sacrifice himself for cassie and that none of the rest of it matters and i enjoyed that I liked right. Kang's little spaceship, too. The little, like, egg thing. Oh, might as well talk about the post credit stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a Council of Kangs. That's a silly thing. Uh, the shot that they use of, like, them all in, like, that stadium, that's pulled right out of the comics. I thought it was pulled out of Star Wars, but sure. No. It's a very Star Wars-esque thing. Oh, uh, yeah, the Council of Kangs. We get Ramatut Kang, who is confusing. Was he just Ramatut? Was he a f- version of Reed Richards? Was he Doom? Was he Kang? Was he Reed Richards' father? I don't know. It's confusing. That one issue has been retconned so many goddamn times. But yeah, Ramatak Kang's in there. Who else pops up? In the Council of Kangs? Oh, Amortis. Amortis was there. That's cool. He's another version of Kang. Oh, cool. Throwing another villain in there. I, I didn't know who the armored one was supposed to be. Hmm. You've let me down. I mean, if I think of armored Kangs, I think of Iron Lad. Another version of Kang from the future who wants to That's emulate Iron Man and, and comes back in time. Dorky name. Iron Lad? Yes. Yes, it is. It's as bad as Aqualad. You just don't want someone to be called a lad. I guess not. I guess that's really where I'm going with this. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so it kind of raises the question of who's really the evil one here, because they all seem pretty terrible, too. So if they're exiling him, does that make him worse than all of them? Or That's what I assumed. Or the one that is better than everybody? Yeah, is he coming back? We don't know. That's true. We don't actually know if he's dead. He got sucked into the Itty bitty living space. Stuff. Yes. Maybe he turned into the genie. I think that's what happened. Great. Fabulous. Uh, and then the other one, our, our little setup for Loki season two. Yes. When's that coming out? I think it's supposed to be the summer, but I don't think there's not a date. There's not an official date on it. Okay. Yeah. Loki and Owen Wilson, who has no memory of what happened before. So they have to convince him all of the stuff like this guy's evil. <laughs> I forgot that Owen Wilson's memories were wiped. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. And I can't. I brought this up a few weeks ago. The show of like weird comics facts of like, and one of his versions is called Victor Timely. That's a stupid name that will never get used. Guess what came back, guys? <laughs> Son of a bitch! It's right there. Make me eat my own words. Yeah, oftentimes these little end credit scenes mean far more to you than to me because I have zero comic background in any of this stuff. So it's helpful for you to interpret for me. But it's fun. They're fun. So final thoughts enjoyable i wanted more modok modok is now dead <laughs> that we know of that made me sad too I'm like, oh man <laughs> uh yep i would have liked to have seen him being crazy i also more. enjoyed modok and cassie interacting the fact that he tried to kill her and then tried to kill her again and just but just that they were interacting that it wasn't just him and scott you're like a brother to me. <laughs> it's not, I just like Michael Douglas in the background, the face he makes. It's like a double take. He's like, what the fuck? It was a very enjoyable movie. It was all those little moments. And I don't know. I feel like the critics ratings that you're telling me seem too harsh for it. Yeah. I had an enjoyable enough time. Yeah. All right. That's still Ant-Man. Moving on to letters to the editors. Lot of questions, number one. Damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. If you want to ask us your own questions, you can send that into editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. 
All right, this week's question. By the way, bottom of the barrel here, folks. Not that I'm saying this is a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm what I more meant was running low. Send in your questions. So yeah, that that was kind of the point. I felt bad, like you know this bottom of the barrel piece of crap question. Not what I meant. The question is fine. There's just not that many more questions after it. The mailbag is light. Yeah, some comics were produced decades ago that are still being read today. Will that longevity continue? Well, you've told me many things about the comics from the 90s, and all of them are terrible. That's not true. Not everything. A lot of it. So, I think it will depend on the era of the comic. I think that there will be there will be stories that continue. Many things will be forgotten. It's going to be with so much of this stuff. I think a lot of, I mean, what, I don't know, there's this thing that happened in the culture where everyone decided, like, everything good happened before, like, the late 80s. That's, like, when everything became, like, the best of this, the best of that, like, the goat, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, the reality is, is people have picked out what what's the best kind of cream of the crop stuff. You said the goat in such an oddly stilted way. Yeah. The goat. Anyway, back to what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, everyone's picked out the stuff that's that's already the good stuff. I think the s- stuff that gets reprinted constantly is the stuff that's still going to keep on getting reprinted. A lot of s- it, nothing will be definitively lost because shit, you can get everything digitally now. I think it's like any print media. I mean, you think about novels that. There's a few every year that everybody reads and some of them will continue to be read for decades and some of them you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember the Da Vinci Code. That was a weird year that everybody read it. And then you'll move on. I think it's like anything else that there will be a few things that rise to the top and then a lot of it will go out of print. Yeah, I've kind of learned that with like trying to like I remember like I sat down and I'm still doing it. I'm like, I'm going to read all of Daredevil. Like, sure, I know all the stuff that people talk about, but maybe there's some <laughs> hidden gems in there. You know what? It's fine. There's, um, But nothing's really that great. That's what I've learned, <laughs> except for the stuff that everyone already knows about. Right. Right. Because, yes, that makes sense that the hidden gems are few and far between because... The internet. The internet. And people have been reading this for so long that if everybody likes a thing, there's probably a reason for it. Yeah. I mean smaller publishers will definitely like be forgotten like your malibus or i don't know that was the first one that came to mind was malibu but, like, image no no one's gonna forget image but yeah, stuff from smaller pub- vertigo no no one's forgetting that but just like these small publishers especially ones that like were getting pumped out in the 90s a lot of that stuff has already been forgotten <laughs> yeah which is sad but also how how all of this stuff works yeah, just market saturation. Yeah, I mean, I worked at Barnes & Noble, and I worked in the kids' department, and all the time I'd have people who, who would come in and be like, oh, this book, I loved this book when I was a kid. You must still have it in stock. And I'd look it up, and it would have been out of print for 10 years. And they were devastated, and I totally understand why, because you have such fond memories of something. But there's so many other things out there in the world that are also really good, and just you can't print all of it all the time, much less keep it in stock. And so, anyway... It's a long answer to a short question, but... Yeah, the good stuff will survive. Yeah, there will continue to be good stuff that is made. Comics, I don't think, are an exception to that rule. Nope, for as, however long this medium exists. Yes. Could last forever, could end tomorrow. It won't end tomorrow. At least it's volatile, though. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. That's it. All right, so thanks, guys. Happy school vacation week. Okay, that's how you're going to take us out. I don't know. What am I supposed to say? Listen to our podcast, Pod to the Dark Tower. When it comes out sporadically on Patreon right now, but later, once we've recorded a whole bunch of episodes, you can listen to it on a more regular schedule. (laughs) I'll promote it when the second episode is up. Great. Which we might fully re-record. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Uh, What do we do at the end of the show? Yeah, uh, editor's note. 
editor's note comics.com if you want to get the show a day early patreon.com slash editor's note comics a minimum of a buck a month it's like 25 cents a show yes we would greatly appreciate it i'd like to hope within an hour it was 25 cents worth of entertainment me too uh next week i'm not quite sure what we're doing but we'll be back next week for something definitely picard bye